Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. First two Bible verses I ever memorized, and we'll talk to you about them this morning, out of Proverbs chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I don't know if we've got any of this on the screen. We've got none of this on the screen this morning. Pray for our technology. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, My GPS is Crazy. <laughs> Pray with me. God, thank you for guidance. Thank you for direction. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. God, I pray now you'd anoint me with your spirit to say things that would honor you. Teach us what you'd have us to know. Thank you, God, for each person that's come here today. I ask you to save, heal, and deliver in Jesus' name. Amen. My GPS does not always work. Now, I've got, I, I tell my kids all the time, uh, and, and I, I tell my sister all the time, because she travels with us on vacation a lot uh, uh, to spend time with her nephews, her brother, and, and to help an old man with a bad back out. Amen? And... Uh, I, I tell them all the time, this GPS is driving us around in circles. I'll just feel my way there. Can I do it, Dina? When, when we, I just like, I turn that off. I, I'll find it. They're driving around in the mountains uh, in circles looking for something. But I spent the past week uh, at my favorite place on the planet. Uh, it's a little place. It's a park called Falls Park on the Reedy River in Greenville, South Carolina. And it's got a, a, a waterfall there. And a bench there that I love to go and sit and pray and just reflect on God's glory. I, I, I went with Dean and my sons. We had a great time of refreshing. I appreciate everybody that prayed for us. I appreciate Elder Jimmy always being faithful to step in. Uh, did, did, did he say anything Wednesday that God, God could use? All right. That's eight people. Hallelujah. Uh, thank God for him always. Uh, but we got to spend some time uh, with some of our favorite people that... Uh, many of you know Deacon Cliff and Julie Bridges, who served faithfully in our church uh, for a long time. They have they have done what the rest of the most of the rest of the people are trying to do. They've retired, built their dream home in a mountain uh, in the Carolinas, and are sitting on the porch. But we got a chance to hang out with them uh, and to do a little sitting with them. And I thank God for everybody who prayed for our safe travel. The travel was safe, listen, but it wasn't easy. The travel was fun, but it wasn't easy because we had a crazy GPS. And the GPS was so off and weird that we started using phones. And I'm thinking, man, we got phone GPSs going on. We got automobile GPSs going on. And we still are, are uh, taking longer and not getting to where we want to be. On, we, we followed uh, the GPS that said uh, no interstates because Dina likes to drive the back roads. Let me tell you all something. If you want to get somewhere in a hurry, don't do that. 
Don't do that. But you see more, you have more fun, and it claimed it was only going to take us an extra 28 minutes. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to tell you something. I ain't the only one with a crazy GPS. Now, I don't know what you've got your GPS set on, uh, but I changed my, my GPS uh, to... Um, you, you can put a man's voice on there. You can put a woman's voice on there. You can put different languages on there. Listen, you really, you really want to throw yourself back. Uh, put Arabic on there. Put Hebrew on there. Like, brother got coronavirus. But I set mine. Yeah, people wonder where I got this deep country accent. Uh, I, many of y'all know I, I grew up in England. And, you know, so blame it on that if you want to. I doubt it's that, but... Uh, I set mine to, to a British woman, and so and I call her Samantha, and Samantha talks to me. I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell Samantha, I'll say, uh, I'll say, hey, Siri, call Seth Becker, and Samantha will say, calling Seth Becker. Like, These people can't speak at all. Why did I pick this language? But anyway, so we got Samantha going in my ear. We got Dina's GPS going in my ear. We're driving all over the place, and, and I realize I'm not the only one with a crazy GPS. I got a built-in GPS. I can almost, my kids have seen this. My kids have testified. Anybody ever travel with me? I can find the hood on GPS in any city in America. Anybody besides me? You don't even have to tell me. Your daughter's pointing at you. You don't even have to tell me. I just ride around and end up right on it. I mean, there, there ain't an Avenue B everywhere. There ain't a 44th and Moncrief everywhere, but whatever city I'm in, I can find it. You want to know how you found it? Who said that? That's my son. I, I already told my children, listen, y'all know, you've been around me for a while. Y'all know I love Dr. King. I thank God for Dr. King, the leadership he provided to a nation. Uh, I, I, I thank God for uh, the fact that somebody finally paid some respect uh, to him and named some streets after him. But, bruh, man, if you, if you don't think there's some prejudice going on, uh, listen, there ain't no road in Ponte Vedra called MLK. You get on MLK, lock the door. Uh, but I, I didn't find MLK up in the mountains this week, but we were following this crazy GPS. And then we come back late Friday night, uh, Saturday, Seth's phone crashed on the trip. Got to go to the Apple Repair Store, listen, to the St. John's Town Center. I know some of y'all love that place. I ain't lost nothing there except where I was uh, and, and how to get home. But So I, I get there, and I've, I've Googled and put the directions in to how to find the Apple Repair Store in the St. John's Town Center. We rode around in the parking lot. It kept telling me, in, in 75 feet, turn right. Go straight. You have arrived at your destination. No. So we did it again. Same thing. So I called him. I said, look, man. Young dude, Dylan answered the phone. I said, hey, Dylan, trying to find your store. But my GPS keeps running me around in circles. He, he, he realized that was a, a problem that goes on and on. He said, we are between the Target and the Publix next to Firehouse Subs. I said, okay, thanks. We put in firehouse subs. It told us, turn right in 75 feet. Go straight. You have arrived at your desk. And we're sitting in the, in the Target parking lot. We're looking all around. And I looked at my kids and I said, is everybody in this car stupid? Where is the firehouse? 
do we not see it? We eat at Firehouse Subs at least once a week. That's on our regular go-to shop. And uh, don't see it at all. Don't see it at all. I finally turned the thing off. I said, we'll just drive around this whole place till we find it. Boom. There's Firehouse, and there is the repair stuff. All that long witness to tell you that GPS through technology can be awesome, but it can be crazy. Your inner GPS, your inner guidance system, you just feel your way there, can be crazy. And life's so different now when you go on a trip. How many of y'all remember, listen, you got to be old to even know what these two words put together mean. Rand. Anybody know the second word? McNally. Y'all don't know about Rand McNally. That's the atlas. That's that big giant book you had to have in your car somewhere. All the people 50 and plus are smiling now. You had to have that. Either that or you had one of those tiny little, listen, that tiny fold-up map that never folded back the same way you t- once you opened it. You put that little trifold map. You open it up. It's bigger than your windshield. You couldn't even look at the whole thing in the car. That's how I tell my kids. We used to have to work to find a place. Now you're just like, hey, Google, give me driving directions to a waterfall nearest me. You don't even have to know where it is. But it doesn't always get you where you're going. Sometimes they get old. Sometimes they get out of date. We were traveling uh, in the Navigator one time. And y'all know my Navigator is old, but, but it's, it's, it, you know, it was paid for the day I got it. So I love it. And it's been, it been a good vehicle for me. But the GPS in my 2007 Navigator is from guess what year? You think they built any new roads since then? You think those roads magically appeared on my GPS? We were staying at a, at, a, at a vacation rental spot in Orlando one time. I plug it in. We're driving. It put us, God's heaven truth, put us in the middle of an orchard or a grove, an orange grove. We're riding down a trail in between orange trees on both sides of us, and it tells us we have arrived at our destination. What I realized is we were off-grid and off-map. Listen, your GPS can get out of date. Your GPS can be whacked. Your GPS can drive you around in circles and tell you that you've arrived at your destination when you're really not where you want it to be. But I thank God, and I want you to thank God with me this morning, that God's guiding system never fails, it never goes out of date, and it always gets you where you're supposed to be. Let's look at our scripture this morning. In Proverbs 3, 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. One of the newer versions says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I wish I had these verses on screen because we're going to do what we always do. We're going to take the scripture this morning in bite-sized pieces and digest it and get it down in our spirit. We're going to look at it phrase by phrase, line upon line, precept upon precept, and we're going to learn what the word says. The best way for you to do that when you read the Bible is pay attention to what? You see the comma, that's cause for pause. You see a period, that's stop and think about it. Pay attention to the punctuation. It will perfect your understanding as you read. And you can't see it on the screen, but the first punctuation comes at the end of the first phrase. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh, my goodness. I wish I had my trustometer this morning. 
Some of y'all been around me for a long time. Y'all know I got an old meter for everything, and I want to hang it on your neck and see where you register. I don't take my trust old meter, start with Carmelita, hang it on her four foot three neck. Uh, well, her neck's not four foot three. You'd be taller if you had a four foot three neck, huh? Your neck's not four feet eleven. I know, but I, if, I, if I hang, hang my trustometer on, on her neck and, and, and just see where to trust, and I go all the way back to Elder Kim, I just love to see where do you fall on your own trustometer. The Bible says trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Now, I don't want you to stand up and shout and testify. I don't want you to raise your hand and brag and say it's me. Uh, because that would be pride-giving. Uh, but I wonder, don't, don't answer out loud, because that's, that's, I'm going to doubt you and call you out on it. Don't answer out loud, but I wonder if there's anybody in here who can really say, Pastor Scott, I trust in the Lord with all my heart, all the time, every day, day and night, day in, day out, up, down, sideways, good days, bad days, happy days and sad days. I trust in the Lord with all my heart, all the time. How many of y'all know that ain't us? Okay, so here's the thing. That, now, that's bad, that's sad, but it's not the worst news I could give you uh, because I got good news on top of it. We've got room to improve. We've got room to grow. And this is what a parent wants. You know when you have that child, you, there, there's benchmarks that you want to see your child come along. You, you know you want that child to be potty trained eventually, right? Now, I, I've met people like, oh, my children were potty trained at nine months. Uh, no, they were not. You just left them in their stuff for, not, you know, for a long time and, and pretended. Uh, but there's certain, how, how old should a child be when they potty train? Two to three, right? That's, that's, that, that's the normal range. Listen, if your child is seven years old still wearing diapers to first grade, they didn't grow right. They didn't grow right. They're, 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 there's, you know, when, when they start speaking, when they start walking. Now, I mean, I, I do believe these, these younger generation, they got their kids walking earlier. Thanks because they leave them unattended longer. Kids just, kid just get up and walk out of the room. Uh, but when, when, what age do children start walking? Around a year, somewhere in between that, maybe a few months early. Uh, there's certain time frames you want your child to grow in the natural. Jesus used a preferred teaching method called first natural, then spiritual. He would teach farmers in agricultural terms to get them to understand spiritual truths. And even in the first natural, then spiritual mindset, as children... Uh, as parents, we have children we expect to grow and continue to progress, listen, throughout life. And God, as our Father, spiritually wants to see His children grow and progress throughout life. And, and I come here today to tell you, we can grow in this area of trusting God with all our heart. We can get better. We can get better. If you're saved and you know you're living shabby, and I'm not going to make you stand up either, if you're saved and you know that you're not where you should be in your walk with Christ, I want to tell you something. We can all do better. I say it all the time. We're only one prayer away from being perfectly right with God, and we can all do better. But it begins with faith. 
Christianity is a by faith religion. We're saved by faith. We, we're healed by faith. We grow by faith. We live by faith. And we need to have a faith that causes us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, if you've been living for a while, you've been hurt. I wish I had five people paying attention right now. I, I already told y'all, some people love to go to prophecy meetings. And I used to go to them. I used to go to church uh, every night of the week. If our church didn't have something going on, I'd go to a different church, and I would just be there. Now, I learned something about the prophetic. It's mostly pathetic. I learned something about prophesying. It's mostly prophet lying. I learned something about prophets. Most of them are making profits. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. Man, if the inside of this shirt could itch me any worse right now, I'd take it off and throw it on the floor. Pray for me. So now you say, well, Pastor Scott, don't you believe in, in the spiritual gift of prophecy? Absolutely. Don't you believe in prophets in the earth today? Absolutely. Don't you believe in prophesying and God speaking through uh, his, his sons and daughters? Uh, absolutely. But let me tell you, prophesying is not what I see happening in most church. And, and I, I'll tell you, like I've told you before, somebody standing up in a microphone that says, mm, yeah, mm, hallelujah, mm, yes, Lord, hallelujah, glory, 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 oh, glory. They throw that country accent in it, even when they're not country. Mm, I, I just, oh, yes, God. I just, the Spirit of the Lord says, uh, I don't want to call you out, but, I'm, but in this section right here, over in this area right here, God has said, there's a woman in the room that's been hurt by a man, and you're struggling with trust issues. Anybody believe I could point to any section of any room in the world with more than one woman in it, and that'd be true? Oh, 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 let's, let's, let's mm, over on this section right over here. Yes, mm, mm, oh, mm, oh, I feel it even on my own body now. The Spirit of the Lord said, there's somebody on this side of the room, and you've been dealing with some back pain. And the, anybody believe that you can point to any side of the room and find somebody that's dealing with back pain? That's not prophecy. That's common sense. And, 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 and that, and that, but people want to see that. People, people want to see something that, that they can say, ooh, that, that was so cool. That was so awesome. He, he called us out. He, told us every, he, he called out everybody in the room who had been hurt before. Listen, I'm going to help you with that. Everybody in the room. Shannon's son's not in the room, is he? Our, our youngest baby, our, our, our newest baby in the church. I, I, I was going to leave him out because hopefully he ain't in that crowd, but he, he keep living, he will be. Everybody in this room, I'm just not wearing a diaper. <laughs> and if you're an adult wearing one, you count too. Everybody in this room has been hurt. Everybody in this room has been abused. Everybody in this room has been lied to. Everybody in this room has been stabbed in the back. Everybody in this room has gone through hardship. Stop believing people to tell you life is just a bowl of cherries and everything's fine and dandy like hard rock Christmas candy. That's not reality. Reality is life is hard and your GPS is crazy. Reality is people are whack, and if you don't understand that, keep living. And so here's what happens, though, because people have hurt us. Listen, most, most of us have hurt ourselves. 
That's a different message for a different time, but it's the truth, isn't it? Uh, We've hurt ourselves. We've been hurt by others. We've been hurt by people we thought we could trust. We've been hurt by people that we cared about, and it has impacted, hear me good, our ability and our willingness to trust people. It has impacted our trustometer. It has caused our trustometer to say, hmm, wonder what's going on over there. You, you, you ever find yourself looking at somebody and thinking, ah, that's a little sketchy to me. Maybe it's sketchy, maybe it's not. Maybe you've just been hurt so long, you just see sketching everything. So because we're human beings and we live in an imperfect world, listen, everybody in this room, uh, if you're saved, you're still an imperfect person worshiping a perfect God. And because we've had these hardships in life, it has impacted our, our willingness and our ability to trust But I want you to see the Word of God plainly this morning because if you tell me, you know, I just really don't trust uh, this type of person, that type of person, I'll tell you let God work on that because God wants us to love everybody. Um, You know, even even plumbers that charge you too much to fix your sink. God wants us to love everybody. uh, But you should not have any trouble trusting the Lord. I really want you to think about, has God ever done you wrong? Sure, people have done you wrong. But when did God ever come up short on your book? When did God ever not give you enough oxygen to breathe? When did God ever not make the sun to shine and life to be great for you? When did God ever lie to you, cheat you, backstab you? When did God ever do something other than what he told you he was going to do? That's what I love about my mama. My mama, uh, she may be the meanest woman on the planet, but she's honest, and you always know where you stand with her. My mom is not going to smile at you if she don't like you. Pray for her. She needs help. But she's so honest that she raised me to tell the truth. And listen, I'd rather somebody tell me a truth that hurts than a lie that comforts. The, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, if, if, you, if you see me walking into church and I got a bat in the cave, That means a booger hanging out of my nose for you non-country people. Uh, and you might think, well, I, you know, I don't really know Pastor well enough to tell him he's got a big old giant booger hanging out of his nose. You don't have to know me well. It might be embarrassing, but I'd rather you tell me that in private than me staying up here wondering why everybody keeps laughing. <laughs> Telling the truth isn't always the comfortable thing to do, but it's always the right thing to do. But we've lost trust in humanity because we've been lied to. We've lost trust, the ability and the willingness to trust because people told us one thing but did another. I thank God that he never says one thing and does another. And I want you to know, if you don't hear anything else, hear this this morning. You can and you should trust God with all your heart. God is the one person that you can trust with all your heart that will never do you different. He will never say one thing and do the other. So even for people who have trust issues, and and I'm going to help you. Some of y'all out there, I have people come to counseling and they just tell me, you know, Pastor Scott, I just have trust issues. Sometimes, you know, I just want to be silly. I get up and walk around the table and shake their hand and say, glad to meet you. You're the only person I ever met with trust issues. 
come on, man. Everybody has trust issues at some level. But when it comes to trusting God, I want five people to agree with me. Can we trust God fully? Amen. He said, trust him with all your heart. But in the second phrase, it says, and. So what's and mean? There's more. When you read scripture and it tells you something and then it says and, just buckle in and realize it means that there is more to come on that thought line. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now here is where a lot of people get messed up, especially people with an IQ north of 130, people who who have felt themselves to be brilliant, people who think they're intellectual, people who think they're smarter than other people, people who are accomplished. If you ever had two nickels to rub together, if you ever succeeded at anything in life, you can fall into this group of what I call people who have the curse of ability. The curse of ability. See, if everything's easy for you and you don't have to try and you still win, if everything is easy for you, and listen, uh, every time I see Coach Green, I want to talk about basketball because I I know uh, he's the only man in the world that that loves basketball more than me. Um, If Jason Tatum had Jalen Brown's work ethic and raw athleticism, things would be better in Boston. Because Brown goes hard. Tatum's lazy. Tatum's the most talented player on the team, but he's lazy. He doesn't work hard. Uh, Y'all don't like my Celtics? Let me get on my son's favorite team, the the Phoenix Suns. Now, who's the laziest player on the Phoenix Suns, Seth? But who's the best player on the Phoenix Suns? We go to Phoenix games, and we watch Devin Booker stand around picking his nose for 46 minutes out of the game and still score 30 points. Never checked anybody on defense. Never dove on the floor for a loose ball. Never tried hard. You know why? He's relying on his ability. He knows when push comes to shove, give him the ball, and he will score the ball. If you have this level of accomplishment, if you have this level of ability in any area of life, you might find yourself, hear me good, relying on you. You might find, listen, if you have any measure of success, you might get into that category of warning where God said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Because when you think you stand, then you're going to fall. Once we think we got it together, uh uh-oh, watch out, there's a trap door you can fall through. So God tells us to trust in him with all our heart, but he also says, and don't lean on your own understanding. I want to tell all the intellectual people in the room something. You're not going to figure out everything about God. You're not going to understand everything about God. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways, and his ways are past finding out. We can't even rightly conceive of how great God is. I I had that in my spirit this morning as I was singing that song to the Lord that I had the choir uh, add on an extra song they weren't ready for uh, as, as I was thinking about how beautiful God is. You know, we can't even conceive of how beautiful he really is. You know, if we could really conceive how great and glorious and beautiful God is. uh, Listen, I don't speak emoji. Stop sending me emojis. I'm a grown man. But somebody sent me an emoji one time, and I I understood that. It's got a picture of a dude cut across here, half his head above here with, with a poof cloud on it. That means he just had his what? 
You speak emoji. Now, you didn't know your wife spoke emoji, but look at her. She's been texting her son in college. Emojis. <laughs> but if we could even glimpse even a coronavirus level of who God is. Now, remember what I told you. The, the coronavirus has killed 0.00005303 people. That's less than one one-thousandth of a percentage. If we could even glimpse coronavirus level of who God is, guess what emoji it would do to us? It blow our mind. It blow our mind. But God gives us glimpses, amen? God allows us to, to get an understanding of a, a portion of his greatness. And I tell you that to get you to the place where you'd be willing to say, I can trust God more than I can trust me. Some people feel comfortable leaning on their own understanding. Some people want to figure everything out. Some people want to rationalize and theorize everything. Some people want everything to make sense. I'm going to tell you, life don't always make sense. And even your GPS won't get you to the right place, even if you plug in the right address. Sometimes things just go haywire. And listen, God knows what he's talking about. And God knows what he is doing. So we got to trust in God with all our heart. We got to stop leaning on our own understanding. So many of common phrases in our American culture are, they're right for the situation, but they're wrong for God and his theology. I, I've heard this my whole life coming up. People still saying it today. I'm going to do me what? I'm going to do me me. And I'm going to get me what? Not mine. Nobody gets mine. Tell them, Sonia. My, I'm, I'm going to get me mine. I'm going to do me. You do you. I'm going to do me. Do you realize how anti-biblical that is? Do you realize how against God that is? The world does not need to see me do me. And the world doesn't need a piece of my mind. The world needs to see me yield who I am to who God is and let God live through me and shine for the world so that the world can see there's a true and living God changing raggedy people. Who you call it raggedy? Everybody. Nah, I wish you felt it the way I said it. Verse 6 in our text says, Seek his will in, all, in, a, in a newer version. Uh, I'm going to read to you in a new living, then we'll get back to the way we read it in the opening text. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, the first part's first and the second part's first, last, but we want the last part first and the first part non existent. We want to know which path to take. Am I right? We want to know where, where God wants us to go. We want a 10,000 square foot. We want to be able to look down and see the whole plan. We want to know what's going to happen in 3, 5, and 10 years. We want to know, well, which, which way should I go? But we're not that concerned with putting the first part first. I want to tell you something. If, you, if I give you directions, and I only give you, and, and there's 15 different directions printed out on the Google Maps, and I only tell you the last one, if I only tell you number 15, at Jones Street, turn left, and it's the second house on the right. You think you know how to get to Jones Street? You don't know how to get to the Jones Street I'm talking about, because I'm talking about in Hot Coffee, Texas. It's a real town. They may or may not have a Jones Street. But you can't turn left on Jones Street to find the house if you didn't follow those first 14 directions properly we got to do first things when. 
first. And the first part of verse 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him. Now, this should be easy if we realize he's smarter than us. It should be easy if we realize he's better than us. It should be easy if we realize his ways are perfect and that he is God alone. But so many times, we don't acknowledge God in everything. The, the, the New Living Translation says, seek his will in all you do. We don't seek his will in all we do. For the most part, the average person is just bumping through life, uh, struggling through Monday just to get to Tuesday. Isn't that right? Just, just letting life happen to them instead of going out and letting God use them to be a life changer. So if we would begin to do these things, life will fall in line. Now, sure, it's a whole lot easier to say, hey, Siri, give me driving directions to Falls Park on the Reedy River and let, let all that work happen than it is to do the hard work of trusting God in everything. But I want to talk to you this morning about what it really means in verse 6 when it says, in all your ways acknowledge him. Say acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In how many ways? In all your ways. I've talked to you for years about the five realms of existence that the human experience has lived out on. And I, I, I want you to hear them and think about them this morning. You exist uh, in, in five different capacities. You ex- they're, they're, they're things of areas of focus, areas of life that concern us. Uh, our, our spiritual life, our physical life, our financial life life, our relational life, and our emotional life. So you got spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, and relational. If we had time this morning, I'd divide you into five groups because there are people in the room right now whose biggest problem is spiritual. If you're here and you're lost, the thing you need more than money and relationships and soundness of mind is salvation. There are people who are saved whose biggest problem is spiritual because you can't get out of your own way. Uh, other people in the room could, could say, well, my, my biggest problem right now is physical. And I'm going to tell you something. As a man who's broke his back twice and his neck once and been operated on and cut on and diced up, listen, when they've had to fix the back of my neck and they put this scar on me from here to here uh, and went into, in through the front of my neck and pulled all this off to the side and clamped it down, and I'm thinking, because it said some people take six to eight months to get their speaking voice back, Thinking, well, I, I make a living speaking. We're going we're gonna to need better results than that. As somebody who's been through a lot of being cut on and a lot of being hurt, I understand sometimes your physical situation can be at the forefront of your mind. That eight-hour drive back from the mountains, uh, and, and I, it was my fault. Uh, you know, the doctor told me that I should get out of a car every hour and stretch and walk around, uh, and I never do that. Uh, but... I know sometimes when, when I'm hurting, and especially for those of y'all that have chronic pain, if you've got any type of consistent chronic pain in your life, I know sometimes the physical can just dominate your life and just be right at the forefront of your mind. For some people, maybe it's financial. Pe- people tell me, anytime somebody tells you, and, and I know this from experience because I've told lots of people, well, money ain't everything. Every time I've told somebody that, not every time, but the majority of the time, uh, I, I've gotten the exact same response. And, and, and the response I get when I tell somebody money and everything, that I, I typically hear back immediately. Well, only one kind of person, only, only what kind of person says that? 
Only a rich person said, only people with money will tell you. Listen, if, if you are broke as a joke, I mean, if, if you are hiding your car from the repo man, uh, if, if, if you don't have a bank account because you're off grid, because you, you, you don't want the tax man coming after you, if money is funny, uh, faith can be hard. We exist on this financial realm. The Bible even says money answers all things. Now, that's being more uh, uh, figurative than it is being literal. But I told you, when you go to Publix, they don't want you to quote Scripture. They don't want you to pray for them. Go ahead and try that. Go to lunch today. Go to Wingstop and, 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 and tell, tell the woman behind the counter, I don't have any money. but I, I, do, Just do them like the apostles did. Just do them. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to thee in the name of Jesus. How, what, what, what size Wayne combo you think you're going to get? Ah, no, no. J-E-A don't want your prayers or your prophecy. They want that cash money. We live in a world where it takes money to do things. And so if you act like, well, money is of no value to me, uh, point of order <laughs> then give it to me I give it to the church we'll build a food and clothing ministry and we will bless this community for a thousand generations <laughs> we, we, for some people may, maybe it's not spiritual maybe it's not physical maybe it's not financial the fourth realm is relational we all have relationships even the person in the room that thinks I don't need anybody you know what that's screaming to every psychologist that hears you say that? You need people more than most. I'm a rock. I'm an island. I, I, I do me. Listen, we, all, we were built for relationships. God created us to be in relationship. God said it's not good for a man to be alone, that two are better than one. God, God built us to be in relationships and one of the things I love about the church, and I know if you come to church long enough, you're going to meet some of the craziest people you ever met in your life. You're going to meet some of the biggest liars you ever met in your life. But I believe you're also going to meet some of the most wonderful people that you can have some great relationships with. I thank God for relationship inside the body of Christ that we are one through the blood of Jesus. There are people in this room that love to come to church because they see their friends here. There are people in this room that, that like coming to church, but they feel like they don't have any friends here. Let me remind you what the Scripture says. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. Can't be the last one to get here and the first one to leave. Never come to any of our uh, uh, fellowships and expect everybody to know you. You're built for a relationship, so get on with it. And the last realm we live on is emotional. And, and, and as somebody who's been through so much, listen, y'all have heard me tell you, pastoring, a year in pastoring is like dog years. It's like age of like seven years. So I've been pastoring 19 uh, years in this church alone and, and other churches uh, before that. It's the first church I ever seen your pastor, 19 years. So 19 times 7, 140 minus 7 is 133. 133 years. Anybody got that math right? That's right. Trust me. Um, these 19 years have aged me 133 years. Some of y'all think, yeah, you look it. Hey, I feel it. And, 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 and emotionally, being in the people business can drain you. 
emotionally hanging out with folk can drain you, especially when you've been hurt, especially when you've been wounded, especially when you've been lied on. But we all have to realize that there's a spiritual, a physical, a financial, a relational, and emotional aspect to our life. So when the Bible says in all your ways acknowledge him, you ought to acknowledge him spiritually. You ought to acknowledge him financially. You ought to acknowledge him with your body that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You ought to acknowledge him in your relationships and you ought to acknowledge him in your emotions. This is what it means when it says in all your ways acknowledge him. So here's the reality. If you're here and you're trying to give God credit, if you're trying to give God glory, if you're trying to acknowledge God spiritually, but you don't love on him emotionally, you're outside the promise. There's a promise coming. There's a promise coming for doing these things. If you acknowledge him spiritually and, and uh, uh, you, you read your Bible, say your prayers, if you acknowledge him emotionally and you tell him how much you love him all the time, but if you don't acknowledge him financially, you're outside the promise. It doesn't say pick and choose how you want to acknowledge him. It says to acknowledge him in what? All your ways. Now, our ways are spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, and relational. And I want to tell you this morning, get God involved in your life spiritually. Get God involved in your life financially. Get God involved in your life physically. Get God involved in your relationships and get God involved in your soundness of mind. And you're going to realize now you're walking in the promise. Our theme for this year is seeing God's goodness in everything. And, and I want to remind you of that this morning. In every aspect of your life, I want you to see how good God is. I want you to see God in everything. Man, I had so much fun on my drive into work this morning being alone with God. I almost kept driving. Uh, I, I, I almost called one of the elders to tell them to preach. I literally, I was in a hallelujah moment. I, I was acknowledging God. I, I, I was telling God, God, I, I see your beauty in these trees, God. Nobody created these trees but you. We were in the mountains this week, and I, I was telling my sisters we were driving. Uh, I said, the reason that looks so pretty is because man hadn't done anything with it. That big old patch of trees there, been there since creation. There's never been a structure built on it. There's never been a person to live on it. They, they didn't cut it all down and put a subdivision on there so, so some Nazi could come around and tell you that your mailbox is leaning too close to the street. Karen, uh, true story. I got a letter certified. I had to go to the post office and pick it up. Said my mailbox is leaning toward the street. I thought, well, you know, if I could know this lady's number that rides around just harassing people. If I could find Karen real quick, I'd tell her, well, why don't you fix it? Or tell the mailman, quit pulling my mailbox so hard. <laughs> but we're seeing the beauty in, in God's creation and, uh, in the mountains this week. And on my drive in, I'm riding past woods, and I'm, I'm thanking God for how pretty trees are. You know, if we didn't have trees, we'd all choke to death. We got to have everything. that God. And so I just started, I started seeing, I started seeing people walk down the sidewalk, and, and I started acknowledging God's presence in, in humanity and in his creation. And I want to tell you something. You better love everything that God made. You better love everybody that God made. You, you better love people. Listen, I saw people. I saw this one dude, and I thought, well, he don't need to be jogging. Oh, 
this dude was swole. He was big, strong. I mean, he had muscles popping off his muscles. Uh, he, he wasn't even sweating. He was running. You know, kind of dude that put on a 45-pound weight vest and go run in the Florida heat kind of dude. And I thought, he don't need to be running out here this early in the morning. Then I realized, oh, he looks that way because he runs out here early in the morning. <laughs> so I thank God for big, strong, athletic people. And then I got a little closer to reality, and I saw this, this, this woman walking. I don't know what she had in that big old giant cup of hers. I'm guessing vodka uh, and some high-caloric fruit juice uh, because she was going about 420, and she was waddling more than she was walking. But I, I, I thank God for the woman out there getting her exercise in, uh, you know, probably maybe a little too late in life. But I saw that, listen, hear me. The point is not all that foolishness. The point is this. God loves athletic people. God loves non-athletic people. God created some people to be tall and skinny. I don't know that he created anybody to be short and fat, but it happens. God created people of different color. God created people of different nationality. And you better acknowledge him in all that. You really want to walk in the promise of God? You got to start acknowledging God in his creation. You got to start acknowledging God. Listen, I've told my kids the, the reason why there are certain things that humans are mostly in awe of, you might be weird and not be, but the ocean, you get out on a, on a beach somewhere and you watch that sun come up and you realize, look at my God. Nobody can do what God can do. And that's why we're in awe of the ocean. It's so big a person couldn't have done that. Or a mountain. You just look at those mountains and you think, look at God's glory. I want you, hear this and I'm done. I want you to start seeing God in everything. I want you to see God in people. I want you to see God in animals. I want you to see God, listen, in that mean, hateful joker you work with. I want you young ballers to start seeing God in your coach, even when he ain't acting like it. They didn't laugh as hard as you, so you're okay. See God in everything. Why? Because he said that if we... Trust Him with all our heart. If we stop leaning on our own ability, if we acknowledge Him in everything that we do, then there is a promise at the end of verse 6. It says, He will direct your path. Now, if you travel, you've become accustomed to hearing your technology device tell you, in 700 feet, turn left on Jones Road or whatever road it is and how many feet away it is. You're used to voice instruction. Uh, listen, if you're staring at your screen, you're going to wreck. You're used to voice instruction. It would be great if God just started telling you every turn to make through voice-activated instruction. It would be great if you could just flip a switch and God just tell you every word to say, every move to make, and every direction to go. But that is not how God chose to do it. God chose to do it by giving us instruction in this book. He said he puts before us a choice to follow him and obey his word and be blessed or to not follow him, to disobey his word, and to be cursed. We all need direction. We all need a divine GPS. We all need proper instruction. It comes from following God and the instruction in his book in these three areas. What have we seen? Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Start doing that. Start doing that. Start trusting in God more than you trust in you. Start trusting in God more than you trust the preacher. Start trusting in God more than you trust your favorite radio personality or mentor. Trust in God with all your heart. Second thing we saw is don't depend on your own understanding. You can lead you wrong. No matter how smart you are, and listen, I'm going to tell you again, if you're the smartest person in your circle of friends, you need a different circle. Get around people that can stretch you. Get around people that can grow you. Get around people that know more than you know. Because if you become the smartest person in your own circle of influence, you're going to fall into the trap of thinking you've got all the answers and only God has all the answers. The third thing we saw is that to acknowledge God in all our ways. And then we come up to this promise. He will show you which path to take. I'm going to tell you something. Every day that you live on this planet, you're going to have choices to make. Every day that you live on this planet, you're going to have a fork in the road where you can choose one way or the other. Every day that you live on this planet, you're going to have a decision put before you, and you have to decide who will you follow and you can follow listen you can follow your your voice activated gps every now and then it'll get you to where you want you can follow your gut instinct every now and then it'll it'll do you right but if you really want proper direction then we need to follow god with everything that we have we need to put god first we need to acknowledge him in everything we need to quit thinking that we have the answers and we need to see god's goodness in everything start talking about god start talking to god start saying the name jesus listen if you don't know how to pray just walk around and say jesus if you don't know how to pray just say jesus name out loud as you're in your car if prayer don't come easy for you just start saying thank you Jesus 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 just get his praise in your mouth and watch him open up heaven over you call on his name get him involved in every area of your life when the alarm goes off listen young people y'all about to have to go back to school Woo! we're laughing it said I was laughing at both of them for their whole life. This is the first year. Jake doesn't have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to, to, to go to school. And listen, when that alarm goes off early this morning, this week, young people, and you got to go to school, you're going to hate it. But I want you to say thank you, Jesus, for waking you up. Get God's name in your mouth. Start acknowledging Him. Listen. I, I, I shouldn't be this, this graphic, but I'm going to do it anyhow and close. When you get up and you go to the bathroom, if your body functions right and you're able to do your business, you ought to thank God for a prostate. You ought to thank God for a bowel system. Listen, if you open your refrigerator up and you grab your favorite drink or whatever is in there and the refrigerator didn't quit working overnight and your milk is still cold, you ought to thank God for a refrigerator. Listen, if you get in your car, I told my kids, they're so lucky. They don't even know what life's like. They're lucky to be in a family with money. I mean, I had, so I had one. I don't know if anybody else had one. I told them, you're never going to have to sit in a car and, and just hope with all them people watching that it cranks this time. How many of y'all, oh, please, baby, please. Come on now, come on. Don't do me like this. Everybody's watching. If your car cranks when you turn the key, you ought to thank God that it cranked. Hey, 
My car was so raggedy, I had to pray that it crank, and I had to pray it shut off. How many of y'all ever had one of them? You turn the key off. It just keep coughing at you. Listen, it, hey, if you don't have a car, but your legs hold you up, when you walk to where you got to walk, you ought to thank God for two legs. I promise you this this morning. You start getting God involved in every area of your life, He's going to direct your paths. You're not going to keep driving around in circles looking for the Apple repair store. Listen, Dylan can't tell me how to get to the store, and he works there. My GPS can't tell me how to get to where I was going, and, and, and it's supposed to. But God always knows. My question to you is, will you trust Him? Will you trust Him? If you're here and you're not saved, you need to get saved. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, He'll save you. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you can be saved. Everybody believes in Jesus, but everybody doesn't believe that God raised Him from the dead. See, that's the difference maker right there. Do you really believe in resurrection? Do you really believe that he died, was buried, and rose on the third day according to the Scripture? If you believe that and you ask God to save you, he's going to do it. And you can get on this journey of trusting God. You can stop depending on yourself. See, some of y'all running your lives ragged trying to fix everything. Some of y'all running your lives ragged trying to hold it all together. Some of y'all running your lives ragged trying to keep the pieces in place. Don't, don't, don't just stop trying to keep the pieces in place. Throw the puzzle on the ground. Kick it as you walk away from from it and just let God piece you together and be your puzzle maker. Oh, if we could just trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledge Him. He promises He would direct our paths. I need direction. I need direction. I don't want to wander around in circles. I don't want to drive past the same store five times and not be able to find where I'm going. I need direction. I need guidance. We all do. You can choose to get yours where you want to. But I'm urging you today, get your direction from God. He's the only one worth trusting. He's the only one worth saving. He's the only one worth worshiping. He's the only one worth living your life for. And it's a better life. It's a better life. It has challenges for sure. It has ups and downs for sure. But I'll tell you this, you start putting God first, you start seeing His goodness in everything, you start acknowledging Him, see Him in everything. I came in the parking lot this morning, and my first inclination was, was to say, look at all these holes, man, how many times are we going to have to fix this parking lot? Look at all these ruts in this parking lot, how many times are we going to have to bring in more stuff to spend money to fix this parking lot? And then the Spirit of God overwhelmed me with, with a question, are you thankful to have a parking lot? Let's be thankful people. Let's be people that trust Him. Let's be people that acknowledge Him. And let's let Him be the one to guide us. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would give us a greater capacity to trust you. God, I pray that you would forgive us for where we failed you. And let us acknowledge you in everything. God, we thank you for being the God of all heaven and earth. And we thank you for being our God. Lord, I pray for every person in this room today who is unsaved. I pray that you would draw them by your spirit. I pray for every Christian in the room today, God, that you would let us begin to see your goodness in everything. That you would let us begin to acknowledge you in every aspect of our life. 
We need you, God, every hour. So I pray, God, reveal yourself to us. Fill us with your spirit. Guide us by the Holy Ghost, God. I pray that you'd give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, God. I pray that as we leave this place today, we would go out and see your glory and shine for you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.